You're listening to the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast, a podcast designed to help female entrepreneurs like you stand out authentically and genuinely on social media. I want to get you creating the social media content that may be imperfect for others, but it's right for you and your business. I'm your host, Kirsten Jordan. I'm a social media content strategist, and I'm excited you are here today. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social. Here with me today is Emma Berglund, and she is a creative entrepreneur who specializes in YouTube. She has an Etsy shop, and she is also a social media manager. And we are going to be talking a lot about a topic that I know a lot of people struggle with, which is social media content planning. I've done a couple of episodes on this subject, but I always love to bring in new perspectives because I'm a big believer in one approach might not be the right fit for you, but another approach could be the right fit for you when it comes to your social media content planning. So welcome, Emma. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It is awesome to have you here. So I'm just going to dive right in. Are you a planner when it comes to social media content? Are you the type of person that uses a scheduling tool? Or are you more like, I'm just going to post when I feel like it? Oh, I'm 100% a planner. I'm a Capricorn. So lists are my favorite thing in the entire world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are the complete opposite because I am (laughs) not a huge planner. I have to admit, I'm good at planning other people's content. Not so good at planning my own, full disclosure. So how do you how do you actually tackle the planning of your social media content? Because you've got a lot going on. You've got an Etsy shop, got a YouTube channel. I know you're on Instagram. You're quite active on Clubhouse at the moment as well. How do you figure it all out? And what are sort of the secrets to your success? That's a big question, girl. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Gosh, well, honestly, if I don't write something down, I will forget it. So I am really, really big into lists and like content calendars. So the biggest thing for me is having like a either call it my content calendar or my editorial calendar. So I make that at the start of the year in Google Sheets and then I color code everything. So my Instagram posts for you know, my YouTube channel, my Instagram posts for my business, whatever, they're all separate colors. Everything is laid out, Instagram reels, Instagram, IGTV. Then my YouTube episodes are like in a different color. So I try my best to get at least two weeks ahead of my content. Doesn't always happen (laughs) because I have so many platforms, but that is what I try to do. Um, For YouTube, I try to do at least a month out because they're a bit more easier they're easier to schedule that in terms of what I know is coming up. Um, Sometimes last minute things do come up because I do a lot of like celebrity interviews and things like that. So that occasionally gets thrown at me quite quickly, but as much as I can, because I have those things coming at me very quickly, I try to plan in advance. So So at the beginning of a year, you set up this big master Google sheet and then every two weeks you go back in to sort of look at your content again and make sure that everything still looks right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, because the it, it depends on the platform too. I mean, TikTok, I'm more right off the cuff because mm-hmm. you, you got to go with the trends. But in terms of like YouTube, Instagram, even Clubhouse, I try to schedule all my rooms and everything at least two weeks out because then it, I feel like it's less overwhelming that way. If I didn't have that 
two week buffer, it would just, because I'm on so many platforms, it would just be too much. I feel like so many people think that they want to be on so many platforms, but then they get overwhelmed because you're doing really great on Instagram, but you're not doing enough on Pinterest or whatever it may be. So my advice is always to try to get ahead of yourself, especially if like in December, I'm already planning January. Okay. And so once you've put the topics into this, into this editorial calendar, what's sort of the next step? So, you know, you mentioned Instagram reels or IGTV or YouTube. Do you then go away and say, I'm going to batch, I'm just going to spend a whole day batching my content. Okay. You're nodding. (laughs) I'm big, I'm big into batching content too. So again, as much as I can get ahead. So I'll put in all the dates that my YouTube videos will be out, for instance, and then I'll put in all my shoot dates as well. Like every Saturday, okay, we're shooting three videos, two reels, three TikToks or whatever it is. And then I do sometimes use scheduling platforms. Sometimes I post manually. Honestly, it depends how I feel. Um, but yeah, that shooting is is the best thing for me. Okay. What's your YouTube channel all about? So it's Fan City Central, and it is all about entertainment and pop culture. I come from the entertainment space in Canada, and I was more on the celebrity gossip side of things, which I didn't love. I love the pop culture side of things. So I just wanted a place to fangirl, and there wasn't really one in Canada. So I do like unboxings, celebrity interviews, TV reviews, what you should be watching. I have a big Christmas campaign I do every year that's called Fanmas. So we put together a bunch of gift guides for different fandoms and give them away um, and collaborate with different artists and things like that. So everything entertainment, basically. Okay, that's very cool. And how do you get your guests for YouTube? Or do you have have like a secret or a tip? Because I know a lot of people also struggle with, you know, I'll just take podcasts as an example. You know, I would love to interview person X for my podcast, but I'm kind of scared to reach out because I don't know them. And you're talking about, you know, celebrities. And I'm like, wow, like you're really reaching out. So is it through connections or, or how do you sort of secure your guests for your YouTube channel? So before... I have like a before and after. So um, before I got into the publicist space of things and on those lists, it was just me personally reaching out and it was also through connections. So for instance, I went to college for a film. So I knew someone who had been in a short film that I did and he ended up on a TV show. So I was able to get him on my channel. So I think it's leveraging the connections that you do have. And then I kind of fell into a fluke. I had reached out for an interview to uh, with Leah Lewis, who is on Nancy Drew. And I love Nancy Drew so much. And it just happened that she had an indie film that was coming out through Netflix. So then her publicist relayed me to the Netflix publicist. So I ended up getting to interview her, which was my first, like, I was on a media list, which was really cool. And then that just continually was able to happen. So I was able to reach out because I was in the list now. But honestly, I think it just comes down to not being afraid to reach out. I think it is a really big struggle. But one thing I've learned from entertainment is, and and I think this applies to all industries, people want you to reach out. Like it's a it's a publicist's job to get their talents out there. And I think it's the same with anyone. Like if you're a social media person and you want to get someone who's really big in social media reach out. The the worst that can happen is they say no, or they don't reply, but you're giving them an opportunity to reach another audience. So I think it is 
it is tough for sure. It was definitely tough for me at the beginning, but I think it's, it's a combination of just, just doing it, just going for it and then leveraging the connections that you do have. Mm. I so love that you have said all of that because I am always saying the same thing. What's the worst that can happen? Someone can say no, or they don't respond to me, or they say, yeah, maybe, but another time, and then I don't hear from them. And what I found is the yeses are more than the noes. And you're so right that, you know, publicists in this case, they want to get people out there. They want their messages, their clients' messages heard. And so if you don't ask, you, you never know, right? So that's, that's been my motto for sure. And fingers crossed, there's a few other people coming on the podcast that like, I have no clue. We've never connected, but I like what they do. And as you said, what's the worst that can happen? It can be no. So YouTube, how do you think, like for a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, they typically are in the female entrepreneurial space. Would YouTube be a good social media platform? to to take a look at as part of your of your social media mix and I know you're also a social media manager is this something that you advise the people that you're working with to consider I think it really depends on what kind of content you want to put out and what your business is I have clients that they don't necessarily want to be on camera like they're not they they don't really want to be the face of their company and that's cool I always advise that you should have a face of your company whether it's you or not is totally doable. Like it doesn't have to be you. You can hire someone or it can be an intern, but I think that there should be a face there. So I think it really depends what you do. I mean, if it's like a jewelry business, if you want to put out content on YouTube that you think would work in a video format, such as you know, DIYing your own jewelry or something educational about you know diamonds or something, that could totally work for you. But you don't want to be on a platform that is not going to work for you and you're just putting out content for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think it really is situationally dependent. I think that video and audio are massively upticking right now. So if you can put out the video and audio content, it will only help you. But again, it really depends on what your business is and what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, video. I just I just spoke to someone on the 2021 social media trends and you know, video is something that is is still going to continue to perform this year. But you mentioned audio. And I think, you know, there's a new platform or a newish platform in town, uh, Clubhouse, which is audio based. How do you see that sort of going? Do you think this platform is going to outperform others? I, I won't speak to outperforming because I'm not hundred percent in knowing how it's going to balance out with everything else, but I am a big subscriber to Gary Vee. And oh. if you guys subscribe to <laughs> yeah. Gary Vee, you know, he always talks about how audio is going to continue to rise, especially with all of our audio devices. Like I know even with my Apple TV now, I can search for things with my voice and it's a thousand percent easier than when I have to type it in. So I do think that, I mean, and then Facebook is already trying to come up with a competitor for Clubhouse. Twitter's already trying to come up with a competitor. So I I think it's here to stay. And I like how authentic it is the same way that video is. Like TikTok, you don't have to have a big production. It used to be that you had to be super polished with your video and you had to have great cameras and whatever. Now you can shoot it in your bedroom and it's 30 seconds and no makeup on and everyone will love it. (laughs) 
So I think that because it's so authentic, audio is definitely, definitely here to stay for sure. Mm. Yeah, Clubhouse is, it intrigues me and I, I see a lot of potential in terms of people being able to build sort of thought leadership profiles and, you know, building awareness of, of what it is that they do. I think where I, I'm still questioning myself is, you know, as it rises in popularity and the doors open, so to speak, how is that going to change things? And, you know, like every good social media platform, the bots and the spam will come. And so how do you filter that out? And right now the apps, sort of the user experience of the app isn't great in terms of being able to filter that out, I've, I've noticed. So I'm curious how they are maybe going to start to up their game from an app perspective as more people join and sort of what does that mean for the for future sure. of Clubhouse? Well, I think there's such a baby too. Like they literally just launched what last oh, year or yeah. two years ago. So I, I think they're such a small team. I think there are only four of them. Wow. <laughs> so I, I do think that it will, as it grows, they will continue to implement. I, I, what I enjoy about them is that they have town halls every now and then. So you can really talk to the actual people that are making the app mm. and hear what they're planning. You can ask questions. They always have a form on their website that you can submit suggestions. And I think that's far ahead of other social platforms. Um, oh, yeah. Especially like Facebook. Like, I, I'm sorry, if Facebook is starting an audio platform, I will never use that. The only reason that I'm on Facebook is because you have to be on it for Instagram. If I could be off Facebook, I would in a heartbeat because I think mm. it's a terrible platform. I <laughs> just did another interview and that came up as well. If I could be anywhere else, I, I probably <laughs> would be. And like that interview was around Facebook groups and communities. And that really is all Facebook is right now. But like you, if I could be off of it, I would. But the only reason I'm on it is because it's it's tied to business pages and they've got you captured, right? And I always laugh when people are like, I've taken Facebook, Instagram off my phones, but app, WhatsApp's my favorite. And I'm like, you do know Facebook owns that. Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're not securing your data in any way. <laughs> like, so it's, it's kind of laughable, but uh, I... Do you think Facebook's going to die? I keep asking people this. Unfortunately, no, I don't. I, I think as long as it's it's linked to Instagram, I think that's their strong suit. I, I do agree. I think Facebook is, I only use it for groups now. Um, and I think groups and link to Instagram until something comes along that is better than Instagram. I think it's going to stick around, unfortunately, but I do think it's something that people don't really use that often and we don't necessarily want to use. So I do like that more authentic platforms like Clubhouse and TikTok and things like that are coming up where you you can't really hide behind anything. I think Instagram is still a little bit millennial in that way, but I like how Gen Z is doing that in that you have to be who you are and that's that's it. So I like that rise. Yeah, one of the things I sometimes wish I I I think I am a millennial. I'm on the older end, but I I feel like oh, I wish more people would be authentic on Instagram. I think it's shifting. Um that's my big thing. Like that's why people choose to work with me. Like I'm all about authenticity. I don't believe in like the magical 10,000 numbers on Instagram and all of a sudden the floodgates of money is going to like open and you're going to become so successful. I think it's totally possible with a smaller following with a good quality community. But Gen Z, where are they hanging out then? Is it TikTok and Clubhouse? 
I don't know about Clubhouse yet. I think that's more, I think that they will be once that the app opens up to everyone. But mainly, in, unless we're talking about thought leaders in TikTok, because there are a lot of them that are on Clubhouse that way. But I, I find Gen Z tends to hang out TikTok and Snapchat the most. Okay. I think WhatsApp as well. No one is on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Instagram, they just have a different way of doing it. I think that it is the TikTok community is what I love. And I love that Gen Z has created that. So if you go to their Instagrams, they're vastly different than a millennial's Instagram. And I find that marketing point so interesting as well, because they're entirely different people to market to in terms of the aesthetic that they both use. So I I really like both of those. Like I'm on the younger end of the millennials and it's so interesting. I wish I was a Gen Z, to be honest. I wish I was that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that all generations can learn from one another. Um, there's always good. There's pros and cons for, for each. Um, but like you said, I really admire sort of, you know, just that go-getter, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it out. And what's the worst that can happen, you know, from people that are, that are younger than me these days. Is TikTok your favorite social media platform? Yeah, I think so. I think TikTok and Clubhouse right now would be tied. I think I spend a lot of time on Clubhouse. I probably should limit that. But you learn so much. It's so great. But I just lo- I just love the culture on TikTok. I I think my favorite thing is how I can have my best friends, but we're on completely different sides of TikTok. So what I see is not what my friend will see. I think their algorithm is so fantastic in that way. And as long as you're on like a great side of TikTok, it's, it's just the best. It's so authentic. And there's so many amazing creators on there that are doing incredible things. Do you have any favorites? Okay. Here's the thing. I, (laughs) I never remember people's usernames on TikTok. Like I can tell you exactly what they do, but I very, (laughs) very often forget their usernames. One of my favorites right now, I do actually remember because I just followed them on Instagram is called, I think, I think you pronounce it Zenths, but I think it's spelled with a seven. So it's seven N-E-T-H. And it's this daddy-daughter duo. And he does a podcast with her. Her name is Sailor. I think she's three or four. And they are the cutest team together. They're so sweet. But that's what I love about TikTok because there's like another girl I follow. What's her username? I want to say Soupy Time, I think is her username. And she just does the most random videos. Like it's complete comedy. Oh, another one of my favorites, I can remember some users, is Call Me Chris. And I remember her because she's Canadian. And I feel so proud that she is Canadian because she is an incredible creator. If you're looking at a way to create ads into your content, look up Call Me Chris. Because the way that she does that is beyond authentic. And generally, most people will watch her video and not even realize it's an ad until the very end of the video. So oh, wow. I have to look her up. She does it, yeah. Yeah, because I'm always like, oh, that's an ad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see it often. Her, her way is flawless. It's fantastic. Um, she's yeah. definitely my favorite. Yeah, I was laughing. I'm sure everybody has seen this, like people sitting on their like washing machine, holding like a Tide thing. And they're like, oh, I love Tide Pods so much that I like to sit on my washing machine. I'm like, seriously? Like, yeah. I, I don't think anyone's going to buy Tide because of this, <laughs> this product placement that you have. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong out there. So the world of social media is definitely changing. Just going back to the fact that we were talking about video and, and audio being on the rise. And I think 
one of the things that I think about a lot, you know, managing other people's other businesses, social media content is our job is becoming increasingly difficult, I feel, because it's not that you're planning static content in feed. It's more how can you up the ante in terms of, you know, video creation, reels, like IGT, like that takes up a lot of time. Would you agree or, or disagree from, from a fellow social media manager perspective? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's becoming increasingly hard, especially when you talk about things like Clubhouse. Uh, like, how do you manage that for someone or TikTok? You know, it's more, I, I was talking to um, Tanya from Influence Agency about this the other day too. It's finding, figuring out that path, I guess, that we will be doing, like what we can do for them. I think I like it in one way in that it, it's making social media become more authentic because they do have to, whoever your client is, has to do a bit of the work. I always try to take as much of that as I can on from my clients. So if it's, I need four reels a month from you, Mm -hmm. then I will write the copy for the reels generally and try to tell them what the idea for the reel is and give them shooting tips if they're not, you know, fantastic with the filming. And then they just shoot it and send it to me and I will do the actual editing and putting in the music and and logistics of uploading. But I think it it definitely is harder, especially with TikTok and Clubhouse and like Instagram just just launched today or just revealed today that they're going to be launching lives where you can do multiple people later this month. So, you know, it's it is definitely becoming much more challenging. And I think there's, I would love to talk more to social media managers about how they are working around those logistics, because I think it's almost becoming more of an admin role, not fully, because you're still creating a bit of the content, but they do have to do some of the work for sure. Yeah, actually, we should think about a clubhouse room around that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that what I would like to see is like, you know, like I I sort of have ballparks in my head of what, you know, freelance social media strategists or management companies are charging. And when you're talking about what you just described, which is not that different from what the route I'm going of like, I need this video, like once a week, I need you to send me something. And you're sort of outlining what that could look like. It becomes a different, it's like, you're also producing in a way, and you mentioned you're editing. And so if you break it down from a monthly fee perspective, you know, what, what is the industry standard now? Because the content, the content is changing. It's not, you know, you're writing a post, you're posting an image um, that maybe you've designed in Canva or taken a brand image from, from a business. The content creation process is looking very different, right? In order for a business's content to be successful. Yeah, exactly. Because nowadays, like you can't really grow your Instagram too, too much without doing reels or lives or, you know, the the actual video content that they're pushing out. So yeah, it's definitely becoming more of a challenge. And I, I definitely had to look at my packages. I I find that more content heavy packages, I have to charge more because you are producing and editing and doing all of those extra jobs. But then there's also the fact that they are actually shooting it. So it's definitely... It's definitely changing the industry for sure. Yeah. So what are your sort of favorite go-to ways to keep up to date with the industry and what's what are the changes going on? My favorite ones, I think definitely later. I love the later mm-hmm. blog. I feel like it's probably the standard for anything Instagram. And then I tend to just look at the individual platforms blogs as well, like mm-hmm. Pinterest, Instagram creators, Facebook blog, all that stuff. 
And then I also subscribe to, what is it called? I think it's called Social Media Platypus. Just had her newsletter today. She does a newsletter uh, weekly. She's Canadian based. So she does a lot of social media news. So that's what I like. And then just industry based for myself. So a lot of entertainment newsletters and things like yeah. that. Nice. Okay. So, well, thank you so much, Emma. How, how can people find out more about you and what you do and where to find you online? Yeah. So I, my business Instagram is LRH creatives and then my YouTube Instagram is fan city central TV. And you can also find me on YouTube at fan city central uh, as well as Twitter. So all of those all of those fun platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been awesome to talk to you. I always love hearing different perspectives. Um, and we covered the gamut of social media content planning, what platforms may be on their way out or not on their way out, where things might be going. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Perfectly Imperfect Social Podcast. If you like what you've heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review or to subscribe so you can make sure that you don't miss out on future episodes. And I'd love to continue the conversation over on Instagram at Kirsten Jordan Digital. Until next time, keep being perfectly imperfect.